Welcome to another edition of the Xamarin Podcast. I'm Pierce Bogan, and this is a special episode because I'm joined in studio, and by in studio, I mean in a, a dark conference room in the Xamarin office in Boston, Massachusetts, by Matthew Robbins. Matthew, how are you doing today? I'm excellent. It's been a big journey to come here um, from Sydney, but I love this town, so... Yeah, it's great. Um, so you're making the whole U.S. tour. You went over to Seattle. You saw you were on the Xamarin show with James. Yeah. What else have you been doing? So I've gone um, west to east this time. So started in San Francisco, went and saw James Montemagno in Seattle for a few days. Um, went to the yoga camp out in the Rocky Mountains. That was quite cold, but really, really fun. Um, and now I'm in Boston for a few days. Nice, nice. So you visited the office, got the tour, the grand tour of the new Boston office, which Mike and I have talked about some of the pros and cons with the open office format. So we're, we're in a nice little meeting room, whereas before we could have just met in my office. But alas, you're on the podcast today to talk about one of my favorite tools. Actually, it is my favorite tool for Xamarin Studio slash Visual Studio for Mac, Infractor. So what is Infractor? How can developers use it? And how do they get it? So at a glance, Amfractor is a collection of incredible tools for Xamarin Studio. Um, what it's really trying to solve is the pain points in everyday development. So gener- generating code, just writing like writing code and navigation right. for you that's much so you can be much more effective at your job. Um, in terms of getting it, you can just jump onto the website. So that's www.mfractor.com. And just download it through the big blue and white download button. Nice. So, what are what are some examples of some of the different things you can do with Infractor? Infractor really addresses four key problems in Xamarin Forms. It does do some some things for Xamarin Android, but I might get to that later. It adds uh, Xaml code analysis, so okay. checking for bugs in your Xamarin Forms Xaml files. And that's tough because, like, right now, like a lot of times, I'll type something out. And I won't find out until I hit run, and by then thirty seconds a minute has gone by. Yeah, and some things don't actually. That's true. They don't. They don't break right. uh, nicely. They, they just silently fail, and you don't know that it's mm-hmm. broken until you run it. Um, and that's a big problem um, in my eyes. Yep. Uh, the next thing is a better code navigation experience. So adding code declaration support for XAML, um, some MVVM navigation shortcuts, so being able to cycle through the view code behind and view model. Um, better tooltips, so hovering over images will we'll render the image. Hovering over value converters renders what comes in and what goes out of it. Oh, that's really nice. I didn't know I could do that. Yeah, so I'll, I might show you that later. <laughs> so just all these all these small touches that by themselves don't make a huge difference, but when you've got quite a few of them, yeah. it really does make a big difference to your workflow. Uh, and the last two is, they're interlinked. So XAML refactoring and code generation. So being able to rename XAML namespaces, for instance, that's something that you probably normally do with a find and replace, right. whereas Infractor does it symbolically, so mm-hmm. it won't screw it up. And then code generation, so generating view models, for instance, or generating code bindings, um, writing out XAML code, uh, just doing a whole bunch of stuff for you and making, oh, wow. it, making it so much easier. I can, I can build out, for example, a UI, and I can right-click something and have it generate a view model or something like that for me yeah. from that XAML? Yeah, so it, it works on naming conventions. So if you, if you name name something login page, it would right. drop off the page. When you did implement view model, it just it will generate a new view model. It'll collect all the bindings, resolve mm-hmm. all the types, make a new class called login view model for you. That's really nice. So like, it just saves you so much work. Yeah. One of the things for me is Xamarin Forms is a big part of how people build apps with Xamarin now. 
and XAML specifically, uh, although you can build your UI in code, a lot of people are building their UIs in XAML. I would say the overwhelming majority. And I think there's definitely some some issues in the tooling in that it's not as great as it as it should be. And in Fractor, like it vastly improves one of the biggest parts of the Xamarin experience, which is the XAML experience for me at least. It makes it so much more pleasant to work with because I'm I'm you know I'm editing XAML all the time, and so any improvements to that experience from my perspective are massive productivity improvements because that's how I'm building my UI. That's how I'm building out all my apps now. Yes, yeah, and so many people are so. I mean, being able to contribute to that is awesome. And then I, you know, I'm not exactly like philanthropic with all this. I, <laughs> I, I do this a lot of the time for myself. Um, my primary job is as a mobile developer for a recruitment software company. And okay. So I build it in Xamarin Forms, and I keep hitting issues. Basically, like I, I hit a workflow issue, something that takes me a little while, or I get stung by, by for instance, a bug that I could write an analyzer for. Right. So I'll just go through and go you know what, that's just stupid that I'm doing it like that. And I'll write a code generator for it or I'll write a XAML analyzer that picks it up so that I can hit by it again. So I have this really, really nice little dog fooding cycle where mm-hmm. my nighttime hobby improves my daytime job, which makes me, makes me work faster. And I would like it to make more time for my nighttime hobby, but it never quite <laughs> yeah, links back yeah. in. Exactly. Well, I think like you touched on a cool thing in terms of... Um, in terms of developer tools and how they actually get built. Because I think a lot of times when people are building tools for developers, they assume what developers want. They will say, this feature is a really splashy feature. And this is not necessarily true for developer, like, you know, extensions to an IDE or something. It's true for libraries as well. People assume, oh, this would be a really killer feature to have in this product. And they're not actually driving it based off the actual experience of using it. So it's really cool that you're not just coming up with these different features for Infractor just off the top of your head. These are real-world things you're hitting when you're building apps with Xamarin Forms, and you're building tooling to make it better. Yeah. So, And I also find a lot of time I'll, I'll go down that path as well where right. I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll just assume that, oh, you know what, because it's somewhat cool for me, it'd be really cool for everyone else. Uh-huh. But the reality is unless you're driving it from user input, right. um, from user feedback, it doesn't actually mean much. So like, I get feature requests quite a lot now, which is great that I can actually contribute back into it. But if I was just going to make a, a, a feature with no one in mind, chances are people aren't going to care about it. Right. And you spend a lot of time building something that no one may use in reality. Yeah. So, um, well, cool. So in this podcast, I not only wanted to just introduce Infractor, which we did in the first five, six minutes of the podcast, I also wanted to talk about how Matthew got from this idea to build this tooling into Visual Studio for Mac slash Xamarin Studio. That's going to get really annoying saying that moving yeah. forward. I'm just going to say Visual Studio for Mac. Let's just say Visual Studio for Mac. From that idea point where he got first got the idea to build something like this to where it is today. So I want to I want to walk through that journey that Matthew went through uh, over the past months, years. Uh, so I first started Infractor May 2015, I think. Okay. It's it's been a while. So I'm just rounding up two years now because it feels. It feel, I love it. It feels like it's it's been half my life now. Um, so basically, like the original intention with Mfractor was that I wanted to be able to right-click in anywhere in a, a, a an Android XML mm-hmm. uh, view layer. It would collect all the ID'd elements. So in Android, you can right. do at plus ID, then my button, mm-hmm. whatever. So I wanted to be able to click there. It would go through and gather all those, 
it would associate it to an activity or a fragment and right. it would just write out all the fine view by, view, view by IDs. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So that was my original intention. Okay. It um, always starts with a small idea. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I was aiming very small and I was like, that's going to take me um, about four days. Yeah. Um, and I still haven't done it. <laughs> so one, one day I will. One day. One, one day. day I will. But I've done a lot of, uh, you know, other very, very useful things in the meantime. Maybe one day I'll get back to that bit, that original grand idea. Cool. So after you had this idea, you said it never actually came to fruition. So what was the first thing that, what what was the first step in actually making Infractor? Like you, you create the GitHub. What's the first thing you add to that repo? I actually was on Bitbucket. Oh, Bitbucket. Oh, uh, no. Well, oh, no. I, I'm, a, I'm Australian. I'm, I'm an Atlassian fan. Oh, so yeah, that's right. I, so I have to, you know, you know, represent the locals. Represent the Bitbucket life? Yeah. First thing that I ever did with Mfractor, I I wrote a little tool uh, that lets you right-click on a string, a string literal okay. in any Android project. Okay. And you could extract that out into, into a values uh, strings file. So, for instance, if you're assigning a text to a text label through mm -hmm. C Sharp, um, you could right-click on that string and then extract it into the strings.xml file. Oh, that's really nice. So that was the very, very first yeah. thing I did. Um, and since been removed because I, I just didn't find much use for it in the end. Right. But it taught me a whole bunch of stuff. Um, uh -huh. So how to get into the internals and basically make Visual Studio for Mac behaved how I wanted it to, um, which is quite a journey if anyone's ever gone down that. Right. Um, how to manipulate the project structure, how to write code. Whole, whole bunch of stuff. So, so that, how did how did you actually? Because um, I know, I mean, to be honest, there isn't a ton of documentation available. So are you just uh, are you poking around? How are you sorting out how to build extensions? And to uh, be fair, this is something I don't know if any of you have ever played around with Visual Studio extensibility. It is much more documented, but it is by no means a pleasant experience. And so it's something like extensibility is always a tricky topic for IDEs, but in in particular Visual Studio for Mac. It was something that there actually aren't that, it's not like Visual Studio on Windows. There's not a ton of add-ins. There's only a few. So that being said, there's not a ton of documentation on it. So what was your experience with that? Uh, pushing a boulder up a hill is <laughs> <laughs> probably a, a, a good analogy. Um, so the way that I've worked historically, mm -hmm. I got started out with, with the documentation online and I found that enough to at least you right. know, use the extension model. So declare something in the extension manifest. Um, wire into the extension hierarchy, um, and that's probably the easy part. Mm -hmm. For me, the re the real like the real meat of it and the challenge was actually doing something useful in Xamarin Studio. Right. Um, so, how do I manipulate the syntax tree? How do I, like, given a project structure, how do I find what I need to find? Right. To actually work um, to do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So, how I do it is I've gotten very very proficient at browsing source code on GitHub. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is one of the nice things about things being open source. You can just yeah. go straight in there and look at it. Even though it is Visual Studio for Mac, it's built on MonoDevelop. So that's all open source. People can go in there and look at that. Yeah, so there's no way that Mfractor would exist if it wasn't for the fact that MonoDevelop is open source. Right. Um, that's a documentation, probably not that great. Yeah. But being a developer, you shouldn't have to read source code. So you can search for and kind of explore and figure out where things are. Okay. You've actually, some of the insights that you have gathered from that like first run or uh, building your own uh, add-in for Visual Studio, extension add-in, I'll use those terms in it interchangeably. Yep. You actually wrote a guide on building add-ins for Visual Studio. I did. For Mac. So um, I was very, very lucky that I 
was joined, I joined, joined up with Zermann University last year and I went through and recorded a lecture with them on how to do this. It took about an hour. Uh-huh. If, you, if you're in part of Zermann University, go back and have a listen. Um, but part of this was that I also sat down for about three, four days and just dumped out a whole bunch of stuff that I knew um, into a, a big online document on GitHub um, that explained from start to finish how you build an add-in for Xamarin Studio. So this is from how do I make that new project? How do I extend something? Um, how do I use Roslyn to explore and manipulate the syntax tree? And then how do I actually publish it and mm-hmm. get it into someone's hands? Mm-hmm. So I didn't real, real, quite realize how much knowledge was in there until I started dumping it out. And then I was like, oh, wait, I have to, I have to explain that and that and that and that. Right. And that. Um, but it's a really, really good resource if you wanted to learn how to, how to do it. Yeah, I went through it and I think like that's almost even a better resource than what we have right now on the on the Xamarin website about building extensions. And I think definitely when you couple the two together, if you walk through both the guides, like you, we, I, well, one thing that I like about your guys, you're actually building a useful, like it's not just like a hello world type thing. Like you're actually building a Xamarin Studio add-in in your guide. Yeah, although I do translate hello world. <laughs> well, I, I you do do that, but it's not, it, my point is that it wasn't something that was so trivial that it, you're like, okay, yeah. like this isn't, I technically did this, but really, like, did I do this? Yes. Um, so, like, just for reference, what the extension actually does is that it connects Roslyn to Google Translation Services um, and allows you to grab a string literal um, using the Roslyn syntax engine, uh, take that string, translate it using Google, bring it back, and change the syntax uh, tree and rewrite your source code, basically. So let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about Roslyn because I think uh, many people probably know what Roslyn is, um, and maybe for those that don't, you want to explain it. But how can you use Roslyn? I think a lot of people, when they think of Roslyn, they think, okay, that pi- powers the compiler that I use in the IDE, and yeah. that's the extent that they think of it. But you can do some pretty cool things with Roslyn that aren't just you know that you can actually do yourself. It's not something that's related just to the compiler. Yeah. Um, so I guess at a glance. What we all know Roslyn for is it's a it's the new compilation platform. Well, I say new, uh, but it's for for us in Xamarin Land, right. it's, it's fairly new. Right. So it's a compilation platform for .NET essentially. However, one of the really really cool things that Roslyn does is that it has diagnostics, so you, you can inspect the syntax. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that, that brings up brings us to another really 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 interesting point. It's a full fidelity language parser um, at its core. So what that means is that it it takes syntax um, code. In Roslyn's case, it, ha- it supports C# and Visual Basic, but it takes C# code and it passes the whole whole thing and symbolicates symbolicates it into a DOM, so a directed like object graph basically. Mm-hmm. And you can explore and analyze and manipulate it. And if you did to string, the reason it's called full fidelity is if you did dot to string on the end of it, it would render out the same source code. So wow. it can read in read in source code, pass it into a, a full graph, mm-hmm. and then convert it back into C sharp. That's nifty. Yeah, so it's really 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 cool. And that's probably one of the, one of the things that people don't really know that that's actually what Roslyn is. is right. It's a syntax engine. That's really really useful because all of a sudden you have a full uh, a full view of your source code, so you can inspect like what's referencing what. Um, and in the case of Mfractor, I I use that syntax engine to as- associate. Um, your XAML document to .NET symbols. So, mm-hmm. w- say you have like a local, um, you know, colon my button. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I symbolicate that. So I resolve the local namespace and I resolve the my button namespace to the .NET symbol. That's so, so cool. That, so that, that, that enables code analysis, code generation, um, navigation improvements and everything. So that, that's really at, at the core what I use it for. There's also a really, really cool aspect of, of Roslyn that you use a thing called the syntax factory and mm -hmm. you can build up that uh, syntax, syntax graph. So it, it's called an abstract syntax tree, but you can, you can build up uh, source code represented as, as a graph and then right. do, do dot to string mm -hmm. and it renders out the source code for you. So it has the compilation platform, it has the diagnostic engine, it has right. the, the syntax passing and also has code generation. That's really what Roslyn is. Okay. And so, like you said, that's what you're doing for a lot of the code generation, a lot of the analysis, that sort of thing in Infractor. So yeah. how do you, how would you recommend people, I think it's kind of a scary topic, um, yeah. How would you recommend people get started if they want to start, you know, maybe building their own analyzer or something like that? I would recommend, first of all, going to the building add-ins of Xamarin Studio. Mm -hmm. So that's a very, very gentle introduction to at least getting into the IDE. Right. So you can understand how how to build an add-in. In terms of building analyzers, that, that's already fairly well documented online. So provided you have a, if you have a diagnostic analyzer, so that's the, the class you inherit from. Right. If you have a diagnostic analyzer in any assembly that's referenced in your add-in, so like, so your main add-in stores a diag diagnostic analyzer, uh, Xamarin Studio would just pick that up and it'll just run. Wow. And it's the same, same thing if you had a code fix for C Sharp. As far as I'm aware, the idea is designed to just pick that stuff up and automatically. This documentation for writing analyzers is all online. Yeah, and I, I think you're right in saying that probably the most gentle place is your add-ins guide because it sadly with some of these more seemingly complex things, the documentation is usually written by someone who's infinitely smarter than I am, and yeah, uh, sometimes it's hard to well. yeah sometimes it's hard to bring it down to earth. Uh, what it, what's actually happening there? Well, cool. Um, so, is there anything else about Infractor that you think that you want to mention that you think would be cool? Actually. Before we get to that, you started building out all... I, I skipped over the middle part of the story. So you started building out all the stuff. Yeah. And you just, as you're hitting these things at work, you're just starting to build out all of the feature set. Well, I mean, it was a bit of an interesting journey that I, I didn't just start building stuff because I, I ran into problems. Mm -hmm. um, initially, the problem that I was trying to solve was Android. Right. So I was working in Android developments for a company called Touchstar. We were making... Uh, oil and gas logistics software and we were making this Android app and I was one of the primary developers on it. So what I was trying to do back then, um, I, I guess I, wa I was solving problems for myself, but I was, I was trying to do things like go to resource or right. analyzing if resources were missing that you're referencing from a document. Um, the IntelliSense in, in Xamarin Studio for resources didn't exist, so you, you couldn't right. just start typing... Um, in a strings XML and have it suggest the appropriate XML tags. So there was all these missing parts of the tooling that I, I felt could have been added. Right. So initially what I was trying to do, and my, back then I was, I was still thinking down, down the same lines of going, you know what, I think that there's something in the market here for a tool for Xamarin Studio. Mm -hmm. So I, I was trying to make an, some Android tooling to improve the Android tooling experience. So I went through... And I actually talked to one of the um, product managers, and I, uh, Michaela Hutchinson, I asked her, do you have an indexed Android resource database? 
um, and like, how do I get access to it? And the answer was, no, we don't. It's just a collection of XML documents. So I spent about four months going through and writing this, I call it a, a resource indexer. So it inspects all your XML documents, it consumes them all, um, and then it symbolicates the whole thing into a SQLite database so you can query the relationships mm. between everything, which is really, really useful because now all of a sudden, when you're in your source code and you hover over a resource.id.my button, you can resolve what fo- to what file that that's pointing. Oh, it's nifty. Yeah, um, it also means I can. I've got, actually got an annotations library that enables um, analysis. So if you use a, a resource.id.my button, but it's not in a certain layout, and you've targeted your your class to be using a certain layout, it actually will pick it up in the ID and warn you in C sharp. I, I wrote an index that that's that's the short of the story initially. And I released it in November 2015 um, through the Xamarin forums, and no one cared. <laughs> right. Um, but that's uh, that's really how how products happen, right? Like right. Initially, people don't really care. Right. Um, and it takes work to people actually start taking notice. Um, well, and for me, it was it was one of those things. It was like you sometimes don't really know what you're missing until you tried. Yeah. What you actually were missing. So, like, in my case, I, like, had thought, like, you know, sure, like, some of this could be a little bit better, but I didn't, like, you don't really realize how awesome all this could be until you, like, install the extension and you're actually using it on a day-to-day basis and you're like, wow, this is, like, I'm actually way more productive than I was before. Yeah, and part of that's just, like, just education. It's actually something that I'm working on um, pretty hard at the moment will be, like, training sessions and really improving my online documentation because I feel like... The barrier to entry and people understanding what it actually does, it's still fairly poor for right. like the grand scheme of things. And you know, if you want a training session, just send me a tweet and I will give I will call you one on one and I will walk <laughs> you through it. I have no problem doing that. It's good fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. Was this before or after you realized that this could be like a thing for you? Well, my intention from from like the very, very start like was looking looking at Xamarin, because I've been working in Xamarin for about three years by that point. And I was going, you know what, I like Xamarin's growing and growing and growing. And it, like I remember being in the Stack Overflow forums when Xamarin had like 300 questions and now, right. it's, now it's like 15,000. And I remember looking at Xamarin at that point going, I, I feel like one day there is going, there will be a market for this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I think I probably started a little bit too early, <laughs> but I, I did start out with the intention of making it a product from the very, very beginning. Um, hence why it's been closed source as right. well. So, yeah, from basically May two years ago, it's the intention's always been like this. But it wasn't really until the Roslyn came into Zoman Studio that it made the product possible. Right. So, just for reference, um, Zoman 6, the, that version bump from 5 to 6, mm-hmm. uh, the reason that happened was because they rebuilt the internals of Zoman Studio away from a syntax engine called nRefactory. Um, to to use Roslyn, yep. Um, which was like that was a bit scary on my part when I had to rebuild Mfractor mm-hmm. away from from that right um, to Roslyn. But my God, it was awesome! Like some of the some of the stuff that Roslyn enabled me to do was just like mind boggling. Like all all the code generation was just like cool. Yeah, I remember like I, I'm giving away a trade secret here, but I remember <laughs> I found this website called Roslyn Quota. And basically what this thing does is you take out, like I, I could copy out the entire declaration of an activity, for instance, um, and go to this website. So it's, it's called, uh, I think it's called Roslyn Quota. 
and you go to this website and it's just like a, a plain text document. You go and you stick your your source code in there and then you click, click a button called generate. And what it does is it goes through and passes that that code and then it returns the syntax factory code to actually mm-hmm. generate that code. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually don't, a lot of the times I actually don't write the code generators myself. I'll write out what I want. I'll stick it into this little engine and it will just do it for me. That's awesome. I mean, there's really no reason that you should know. You should have to know how to do that. Yeah. So if it, a tool can do it for you, why would you do it? Yeah. So like, it, it's just, it's amazing, right? Like, I, like, for instance, if I wanted to know how to write a bindable property, I actually don't know how to do that anymore in Zoran Forms. Right. I haven't done that in about six months because I, I wrote a code generator to do it for me. But it initially started off that I, I wrote out a bindable property from start to finish and that took a little while. Then I stuck it into Roslyn Quota, grabbed the syntax factory code for it. Then I, I wrote an mfractor code generator for it. And now it just works. I don't I don't ever touch it ever again. That's awesome. Yeah. Now we're kind of brought back more up to speed with, with Infractor. You have our website, you have documentation, it's yep. a full-fledged product. You can get it. How can people get Infractor? Um, yeah, so easiest way is, is the you, website, right? Yeah, so you went to, if you go to infractor.com, there's a big blue and white download button right on the main page. So if you click that and then go into the download page, uh, you click the link that says download Infractor from addins.infractor.com.mpac. Uh, so you just click on that. It'll download the MPAC. Um, for reference, MPAC is it's a glorified zip archive for right. modern develop extensions. Right. So you you install that, install it into the. Just IDE double click that puppy and it'll install. I wish. <laughs> uh, I think I've potentially flagged that with, with, with some with feedback you, with you guys at some point. Um, and then you open up the add-in manager. So if you click Xamarin Studio main menu, then go into go, to, go into add-ins. Right. The add-in manager opens and you click install from file and navigate to your add-in and install that way. Awesome. That and said, I am I'm in the process of making a one click <laughs> installer. Like hopefully at some point that's gonna happen. Well, installers are a pain, <clears throat> so good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, it's been I, I go I, I go and try to do it every two months and then I look at it and go, this scares me. <laughs> I could be writing features, so I go and write features instead. Yeah. Um, so once you have it installed, it auto updates and does all that. Yeah, so it'll it registers its own add-in URL. In case you're interested, the internals of Xamarin Studio has like they have remote URLs um, to their updating repositories. So Mfractor has its own updating repository. So it'll install the URL for that. It goes into Xamarin Studio's add-in system, and it just works. That's awesome. So you'll get automatic updates every time I I send out an update. Amazing. And uh, so what's the future look like? Um, so I'm going to keep doing Xamarin Forms for a little while. Makes sense. If I can move into this full time, which would be really, really nice, uh, this will accelerate a lot. And I've got a lot of ideas for, for Xamarin Forms. Once I feel like Xamarin Forms has more or less been solved, right? Not that it'll ever be ever right, solved, of course. Because I, I write one one like one feature, and it comes up with like three more feature ideas. So. It, it never ends. <laughs> but I'd like to start focusing on the Android tool chain at some point as well. Yep. So go back and really improve the IntelliSense, add resource refactoring, a whole bunch of stuff basically. And then eventually I'll, I'll start doing C-sharp diagnostics as well. That's awesome. So but I, I suspect that that's going to be quite a while away. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Matthew. This is Matthew Robbins. How can people find you on Twitter? Uh, so my 
my Twitter t- Twitter hashtag Twitter handle I guess yeah God I'm I'm, I have no, <laughs> I'm so I have no idea so my Twitter handle is at Matthew Ardev so at M A T T H E W R T E V and we'll make sure we put uh, links to all the different things that that Matthew dis- discussed in the podcast today including how to get in touch with them in the show notes so thanks for joining us Matthew be sure to go to infractor.com and get this because it's amazing. This has been another edition of the Xamarin Podcast. I'm Pierce Bogan, and I was joined by Matthew Robbins. Thanks for listening.